Welcome to the Elopement Podcast, the first ever wedding planning podcast dedicated entirely to couples who are ditching tradition and instead choosing what speaks to them most. I'm Ruth Ann Z, an intimate wedding and elopement photographer, and I eloped too. So trust me, I get it. This podcast exists to serve you in a season that not many others can understand. From planning advice, tips, and tricks, to candid conversations with couples, vendors, and even my husband, I'm here for you. I can't wait to help you plan the most kick-ass day of your life. So, let's go. Hello, welcome to the Elopement Podcast. My name is Ruth Anzi. I'm your host, and today's topic is all about smoke, your elopement, and wildfire season in the West. Um, I'm going to do my best to keep this episode on the upbeat side, but the reality of it is that uh, this time of year is pretty crappy, and uh, the American West is inundated with smoke and outrageous wildfires that none of us could have really predicted. Uh, That's not true. We could have predicted it. People did predict it. Uh, We just didn't really think that it was actually going to happen this way. Um, So at the time of this recording, it's August 8th, 2021. The Dixie Fire burning uh, 120 miles north of Lake Tahoe and Truckee um, is currently the largest wildfire in California state history, which is kind of ridiculous, um, kind of insane. It has burned 700 square miles, encompassing over 450,000 acres, and um, it's absolutely devastating. Uh, The smoke has moved into the Lake Tahoe Basin and largely across the Mid-East, I guess you would say, the Midwest. I don't know which. It's moving east uh, across the Midwest, I suppose. And uh, it's bad. It's really bad. The air quality index in Truckee this week was uh, 450 and above, um, which is very, very, very unhealthy. It's not really safe to be in. Um, If this were, you know, school and if if kids were in school, uh, they would cancel it for above 300. So, um, it's pretty, it's pretty brutal right now, and I, I don't share any of this to be like depressing or pessimistic or anything like that, but just to put some perspective to the situation at hand and to let you know that it is a valid thing to be concerned about. Um, you're not being dramatic if fire season is stressing you out. Uh, for people like me who live actually in the woods backing up to national forest land, um, it's absolutely terrifying. I go to bed every single night wondering if I'm going to be woken up in the middle of the night with a need to evacuate. Um, I have a go bag ready at all times. I have moved important documents to my office uh, because it's much safer. It's in a much less likely uh, part of town to, you know, experience the impact of a fire. Um, But these are really scary times. And um, again, I don't share to freak anybody out. I just share, to be honest, about what's at hand. So with all of that said, um, you know, there's a lot of questions that people have for me as somebody who has lived in Truckee my whole life, who has experienced wildfire season for 25 years, um, and as somebody who is, you know, constantly faced with the problem-solving aspect of what do we do now? Like, what comes next? Um, and I don't have all the answers because I don't control uh, the implications, but um, there are some things that I do to kind of help problem solve and mitigate what we have in front of us. So um, I asked some questions or I asked, you know, for questions to be submitted via my Instagram. Um, and there were a few of them, you know, that were a little bit redundant. So uh, I consolidated them. And then I also have some others that people didn't ask, but that I do get asked on a semi-regular basis um, that I wanted to make sure I shared as well. So um the number one question that I get is, how long does the haze and smoke last? What does it look like? What are the implications of this? Um, 
I joke that like I should have been a weather woman because I would have been like the wealthiest person on the planet if I could just hack all of the all of the you know systems and the ways that things move through the world. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, the long answer is as long as it or the short answer is as long as it wants to. Uh, the long answer is it's super dependent on wind. It's super dependent on temperature. It's super dependent on if we get rain. Um, if it you know. We don't really get a lot of rain in the summer here, um, but if it gets really hot, it'll generate a high heat uh, thunderstorm, which sometimes can unleash rain, but more often than not, unleashes lightning, which is a much greater risk, which is why uh, the high heat across the West has been so detrimental this year. So um, as far as like the smoke and haze, it really is dependent on the winds, how they shift, where they're going, um, and if and if we get any precip. Um Right now, the air quality index, like I said, has been you know upwards of 400. Um, today, it's not quite as bad, but it's still pretty brutal. And um, your visibility is probably about a quarter mile. It's not great. Um, you can't see a lot. Uh, and that can always shift. That can always change. It just depends on what the winds do. But obviously, we don't really hope for winds because that makes the firefighting process that much more challenging and less likely that they will get it under control because of the way that the winds are moving. Um, so as far as like after a fire is gone, how long does the haze stay? Um, usually not too long. It, it usually is, it usually dissipates pretty quickly. Um, you know, fire season right now, I would, I would personally call July through October, early October. Um, last year, you know, fire season didn't really start till the end of August, um, and went through the middle of October. Um, and it's, it varies year to year, I think. Um, there's no way to know what sort of precip we may or may not get early, what kind of winter we're going to be having. Um, it's just kind of up in the air. Um, so that's kind of the, the sad, honest response there is that it really depends. There's no way to know. Um, a couple weeks ago, I had an elopement where the smoke was so bad. The air quality was in the 300s. Uh, it was from the Tamarack fire south of Lake Tahoe, which is now contained and and has been taken care of. Um, but the smoke was absolutely horrendous and we got a random two days of rain and it was beautiful for the elopement. It was absolutely gorgeous. I've never seen that happen in my entire life living here. Literally not once. I have never seen the smoke clear out that quickly. It usually takes about a week. So, um, all that to be said, it's it's not likely that, you know, in the next 10 days that we're going to have clear blue skies, but you never know. Um, pray for rain, you know? Um, the next question that I get often is, what does plan B look like and should we have one or should you just make the most of the backdrop? Um, this one's really tough. I'm going to be honest about that. It's really tough to be honest about this question um, because the reality is that Making do with the backdrop means that you're not really going to have one. Um, when the smoke is this thick and the air quality is so poor, your visibility is next to nothing. Um, on Friday when our AQI was upwards of 450, uh, there is a, there's a, there's a ridge line across the street from my office about a quarter mile away, um, and I couldn't see it. I could not see it at all. It was completely gone. Um, I could honestly barely see the street below my office. So when it comes to air quality being that bad, um, the best option, I think, is to kind of prep for something really epic indoors. Um, 
there isn't much to be done outside. It's painful to be outside. Um, smoke can induce really bad headaches, um, obviously dizziness. It's not great for your lungs. Um, obviously with COVID, it's also not great for your lungs if you've had COVID um, or are susceptible to lung-based illnesses. Um, it's not recommended that you spend a lot of time outdoors. Um so if it's really, really, really bad, I personally opt to finding an epic option inside and to figure out how to make the most of it in that sense. Um, if the AQI is like 150, 200 or less, you have a little bit of visibility. And while I can't make everything crystal clear, um, I have shot several elopements in that kind of air quality where we made the most of it. And you still could see the outline of certain mountains, the silhouettes, uh, the sun made, you know, the light really cool. Um, there, there are choices in that context, but once the air quality gets above, you know, 200, 250, uh, we really start to see, see some degrading in in what we can do um, and it's just important that you are understanding of what your photographer can and can't do um, we're not magicians and we can't make things happen that didn't exist um, we can't make things appear that you couldn't see um, and and that is just the reality of it so um the plan B should be to have something inside. Um, you also can look at other locations. Um, if you go to, I think it's aqi.net. I'm not sure. I could check. Uh, the air quality index is is a great way to look at like where the air quality is bad and, and kind of get a vibe of where you could go that, that might be okay. Um, the other thing that you can do is um, it's called iqair.com. Uh, is where you want to go. So right now the AQI outside is about 200 for us here. And on this website, if you zoom out on the map, you'll be able to see a um, basically like a heat graph of where the air quality is is good and where the air quality is bad. And typically near the coast, um, it's okay. You can see pretty well. You can breathe pretty well. Um, the coastal breeze does a lot for from moving that smoke away um, and with the winds blowing east right now uh, and the coast being to the west of all the fires, um, there's not really a lot of risk of smoke. So if you're open to moving locations, that's always an option. Um, you can you can kind of divert and just have a plan B. California is beautiful across the board, not just in the mountains. So um, Big Sur is a great option. Santa Cruz is a great option. Mendocino is absolutely incredible. I think Mendo is super underrated. Um, I have spent my whole life going up there to go camping and, and enjoy the coast. Um, it's not the beach. It's not warm. It's not hot, uh, but it's lovely. It is absolutely incredible. You've got the redwoods. Um, so there are choices. If you have the flexibility, if it's just the two of you and your photographer is local enough that they can move, um, that's a great option. It's totally a great option. Um, but like I said, if if you don't have the ability to move and uh, the smoke is really bad, you should try to problem solve something indoors um, to make the most of it that way. Um, another question that I get semi-often is about the land and outdoors and, you know, all of the things. Um, for the first time in my entire life, and I am not being dramatic when I say that, the first time in my entire life, Last year, the entire national forest system shut down and prohibited all public from utilizing the land. Um, and this was done out of an effort to mitigate fire risk because the state of California was at its absolute max capacity for 
resources to fight the fires that they had, that they could not risk any additional fires. Um, we were bringing in firefighters from, you know, 10 different states. Uh, many other states across the American West were fighting the same level of fires, um, and there just weren't enough firefighters to go around. So the entire forest system shut down. Um, and this meant that we couldn't use the national forest and the roads and the trails that we are so used to planning around. Um, and that was a very challenging uh, change to adjust for from my perspective, just as the person planning, um, but also for my couples, because not only did it mean that like, you know, we also, we already knew that we weren't getting the views that they wanted. Um, but we also ended up not even being able to use the location that they wanted. So if the forest close, um, the reality of it is I will go back to an indoor option as great. Um, having an honest conversation with wherever you're staying, whether that's an Airbnb, um, if it's just the two of you and, you know, a couple of family members, just being like, hey, you know, we were coming here to get married. We're not, we weren't having a party at your house. Um, we were planning on doing all of our, you know, marriage festivities on national forest land but that has since closed um you know can we would it be okay if we had our ceremony you know on the back deck of the house that we've rented from you um and i think that there is a lot of empathy that that might go around in that sense um there's also the option just to you know rent out a restaurant or um maybe reach out to there's there's lots of venues that might offer um, some sort of indoor weekday option um you know at the last minute with again some compassion and empathy for the situation um but please understand that you know fire danger is absolutely at an all-time high um and most venues and homes are going to be trying to mitigate that as much as possible so absolutely no fireworks no sparklers um no cigarette smoking no cigar smoking no uh greenery smoking um any of those things just put everything at risk um absolutely no campfires whatsoever um it's very important that you stay on trail if you are driving off road um all of those things are are important to preserving uh you know the safety amidst wildfire season um and also this is this is kind of a random one but um there's a lot of shooting ranges and a lot of people like to come up here and um you know practice their target hitting uh skeet shooting, I don't know what it's called. Um, but guns are also super risky too. So um, just keep all of that in mind. This is aside from your elopement, aside from your wedding. Uh, if you are in a high, high risk area for fire, it's just so important that you are um, overly cautious. Um, so if the forest close, I totally digressed off of that topic, but if the forest closes, um, you know, last year we ended up shifting into uh some Nevada national forests, which were not closed, um, and just kind of utilizing the land in that way. Um, we did have one where we did it indoors, um, at an Airbnb. Um, it, it's really just important that you have some expectations for what that plan shift looks like, um, and know that, you know, it's not going to look like you initially thought, but you can still make it beautiful. Um, if you do go the indoor route and want to kind of spruce it up and make it beautiful, you can work with a rental company. A lot of places have really cool arches that you could rent to put inside, um, you know, some cool furniture uh, to maybe put outside on a back deck if, you know, the visibility isn't great, but you feel comfortable being outside. Um, there are choices for that for that department for sure. Um the other question I've been getting is like, okay, cool. So August, September, October are like out, 
like what other months are there to get married? And uh, there's winter. <laughs> pretty pretty safe bet around here for that. Um, no guarantee that there's going to be snow on the ground, um, but you know it it will be beautiful. It's likely that the lake will be clear that you'll be able to see it. Um, but you know, as far as the other months to choose from, right now I am really pushing people towards April, May, and June. Um, early July is doable, but I think as of now, you know, getting into August, September, October with um, months that are with years that are pretty dry as far as our precip goes, um, it's just not worth the risk. It's just really not worth the worth the risk. So November is amazing. I love November personally. I think it's really underrated. Um, it's chilly for sure. And, you know, the leaves have changed. But the beautiful thing about Tahoe is that all of our trees are mostly green. We don't have a ton of trees that lose their leaves every year. It's not like the wet East Coast. Um, so, you know, it, it's very beautiful. It's still colorful. Um, sometimes we get some snow. It just kind of depends. Um, but November is great. So November, December, Honestly, November through May is like very safe <laughs> um, as long as you're willing to deal with, you know, the implications of winter. Um, there's lots of great choices. And then uh, the the last thing that I just wanted to share, and this was actually something that a previous bride of mine left in the question box that I had on my Instagram, but um, I don't share this to toot my own horn. I share this just to assure you that it can be done. Um she just said, less question, more praise. Ruth Ann did a great job on a very smoky day for our wedding. Um, and the reality of it is this day is about you and your partner. It's about the love that you share. Um, the backdrop is obviously something that, you know, you factored in when choosing where you wanted to get married. Um, but at the end of the day, it is about you and your love. Um, and if you are working with the right person, they should be able to draw all of that out regardless and to, um, share your story in a way that is still beautiful and authentic, even if the backdrop isn't quite there. So um, just know that, you know, it's okay to lean into your photographer. Don't put any stress on them of like, what can you do to fix this? Because there's nothing we can do. There's literally nothing that we can do. It is one of the most helpless things for me to be sitting here knowing that couples are flying in from across the country to get married and I can't change the fact that you can't really see the beautiful place that I live. Um, and that's just that's just the reality. So um, I definitely would encourage people who still really want beautiful photos to consider, you know, moving to a more coastal setting um, if that's an option. Um, photographers, if you don't already block off the day before and after every single elopement, you need to start doing that. I do not recommend anybody, no matter what, to do double headers, um, triple headers, anything back to back. It is not advised from me personally as somebody who has dealt with, you know, emergency snowstorms, rainstorms, uh, smoke, all of the variables that come with living in a mountainous place. I don't recommend booking anything back to back ever. Um, all of my couples know that they have the day before and after blocked off on my calendar. And that's one so that they know that they're getting a hundred percent of my, my effort that I'm not going to be out, you know, doing other things the day before or risking not being at their wedding. Um, but also that in the event of emergencies, we have the flexibility to shift and make adjustments if we need to. So if you don't already have that policy, I recommend it. If you don't like that policy because you lose out on money and you're used to booking double headers, raise your prices. Um, it is absolutely worth it to your couples for you to be available for them in these sorts of situations. So a uh, little pep talk for my fellow vendors. Um, 
And uh, that pretty much sums all of it up. So if you have any other questions for me, feel free to shoot me an email, um, theelopementpodcast at gmail.com. I don't have all the answers. This is unlike anything I've experienced in my 25 years living in the mountains. Um, It was not like this when I was a kid. And I don't want to... I don't want to uh, sound dramatic or anything, but um, this is definitely the implications of climate change. Uh, Our winters have become less and less intense, and our wildfire seasons have ramped up every single year um, by incredibly large percentages. So um, just keep all of these things in mind as you move through the following months. And um, again, feel free to lean into your photographer and your vendors, but by no means, please don't place the pressure of solving the problem on them um, because they're doing the best that they can. We're doing the best that we can. We're coming off of a very stressful and traumatic year with COVID um, and, you know, adding this into it, like we're all feeling it. And um, it's important that we just work together. So with all of that said, I am crossing my fingers and wishing for all of your sake that the smoke dissipates, that if you're fearful of this, that um, you find some peace. And um, like I said, feel free to email me if you have any other questions about ideas. Um, I will be linking some blog posts to Smoky Elopement Days just to kind of give you some peace of mind of what can happen. And um Yeah, the next episode will be much more upbeat and uh, happy, but um, I will talk to you guys next time. Have a good one. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you have a spare second, go ahead and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me. And of course, if you have any questions about today's podcast episode or would like to request a topic, you can email me at theelopementpodcast at gmail.com.